Hello, my friend. If you're a pastor, this podcast is for you. Let's talk shepherdology. This is episode 13 of Shepherdology. My name is Dean Taylor, and I want to be a friend to pastors. And on Shepherdology, we start with an encouraging truth, talk about a topic for a few minutes, and then end up with a time of prayer for you. And today I'm going to talk about how to survive December stress as a pastor. Thinking back to the years that I pastored, I remember that the month of December and leading into the first week or so of January, as as you turn the corner into the new year, is an exciting time full of blessing and joy and good things, but also there are some elements that add stress to the life of a pastor. A lot of times that's uh, the time when the annual meeting takes place, where the church decides on the budget and elects officers for the year. There are often a number of special events like Christmas programs, uh, Christmas Eve service, ladies' teas, and just all kinds of extra events that take place. And uh, sometimes there are, I guess I'd say, a level of expectation maybe that goes with that, or a feeling of responsibility. And then even just the regular services around the holidays. Uh, attendance is often all over the place. You might have a big Christmas program, and lots of guests are there, and the auditorium is packed out, and there's lots of energy, and then maybe uh, on a holiday weekend, uh, lots of people are traveling, or maybe you have a prayer meeting during the week, and uh, there's just hardly anybody there because people are away. So just even the regular services have with them a level of, I guess you'd call it anxiety-producing or stress-producing elements. So we'll talk about that in just a few minutes and how to survive December stress as a pastor. But we always like to start with an encouraging truth, and so I want to do that right now. One of my favorite verses in the Bible that relates to the ministry of pastors is Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Of course, Paul there is spending uh, his last few minutes with the elders of the church in Ephesus that he had trained and uh, put in place to serve there. And he's giving them some final words of encouragement and challenge. And he says, and here's how Luke records it in Acts 20, verse 32, And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And I want to focus on where Paul says, I commend you to God. In other words, I entrust you, I commit you to God. And the word of his grace, the word is the message, the message of God's grace, which is the gospel. I think it encompasses all of, of God's word, but especially the gospel and the, the work that the gospel can do. And then he says, which is, he describes it this way, he says, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And I want to focus on able to build you up. So the message of grace, God's word as a whole, and the message of grace that it contains, God's free favor through the death of Jesus Christ and his resurrection, is able to build. It is able, dunamaeo. It has the dunamis, the power, the capability 
to build you up. And uh, he wasn't, he, he was talking to those elders, but he was talking about more than just those individual men there, I think. He was saying it's able to build you, yes, up, but also generally able to build. In fact, that's how it might be literally translated. It is able to build up. It is able to give strength. It is able to do the work of construction. It is able to edify. Now, keep in mind, that's what we as pastors, it's what you as a pastor are called to do, to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, to build up the body of Christ. Jesus said, I will build my church. As a pastor, you have a vital role in Christ's church building work. And so what Paul is saying there is that you have a resource that you can use and draw from for that church-building work. It is the word of grace, the message of God's grace. It is able to build. And I want to go back to this idea that we have this feeling of responsibility. And I know, as a pastor, you are responsible you do bear the burden of the work of, of the body of Christ. But listen, you have a resource that is able to accomplish that church-building work, and it is the word of his grace, the message of the grace of God. So even as uh, we talk through December stress and how to, how to survive December stress as a pastor, keep that in mind because the message of grace is able to build up. It is a source of strength for you, but it is also the ultimate resource that you draw from to build up the body of Christ and to engage in Jesus Christ's church-building work as a pastor. You have a resource outside of yourself. It is the message of grace. So, Rely on that message of grace to do the work of building up your ministry. You are not solely responsible. You are not ultimately responsible. Yes, you bear a responsibility for the work that you do as a pastor, but the ultimate church-building work comes from God. Now, let's talk about how to survive December stress. And these are just very practical thoughts I want to share with you. I think they're based on scriptural truth, but they aren't necessarily coming right out of the Bible. I don't have a text for each one of these, but I think that they're just practical ways to think about surviving December stress. And I have five of them, so here are five ways to survive December stress as a pastor. First of all, remember the primary responsibilities of a pastor. I've talked about these on other episodes, and you can certainly go back and review those or listen to those if you would like. But let me just quickly remind us of them right now. What are the primary responsibilities of a pastor? They include the ministry of the Word, spiritual care for the people, and leadership and oversight of the church. The ministry of the Word, that includes public, which is preaching and teaching, and also personal, which includes discipling and counseling, and even just conversations we have where we encourage people with the Word. So the ministry of the Word, public and personal, spiritual care for the people, that is just the nurturing, shepherding work of a pastor through the joys of life, the sorrows of life, the daily uh, journey of life, 
so spiritual care of the people, and then leadership and oversight of the church, giving guidance, making plans, and taking the church in the direction it needs to go to fulfill its purpose and potential for the glory of God. So how can you survive December stress? Just remember what a pastor is supposed to do. And there are a lot of opportunities and requests and pressures you might feel that pull at you and and weigh on you. But remember, as a pastor, here's what you're supposed to do. Minister the Word. So whether it's a special service or whether it's a just a regular Sunday or maybe some Christmas event that's taking place in the life of your church, think about, all right, am I supposed to be ministering the Word in this situation in a public way or maybe in a personal way? And how can I do that? Secondly, spiritual care for the people. How should I shepherd? How should I nourish? How should I walk with my people through the joys of life, even the joys of this season, but also the difficulties and the sorrows of this season? And you and I know that there are people in our ministries who who are sorrowing and carrying burdens of grief and loneliness through a season like this. So how can I care for them spiritually? And then leadership and oversight of the church. What is my role here? at this event or at this gathering or on this particular weekend or or maybe the week between um, Christmas and, and New Year's or as the, the beginning of the year starts out here in January, how should I be giving leadership and oversight to the church? And I just find that it helps to remember, all right, this is my role. These are my responsibilities. Here's what I should be focusing on, the ministry of the Word, spiritual care of the people, and leadership and oversight of the church. Now here's a second way to survive December stress as a pastor. Trust in God's sovereign guidance and loving care for your church and for you. Trust in God's sovereign guidance and loving care for your church and for you. Now I know the feeling. There's a pressure that you have to feel like you have to make certain things happen, especially around the Christmas season, and kind of leverage this time of year for some kind of, you know, church growth or or some kind of great uh, success or people going away from a particular event feeling a certain way. And, and that pressure can develop in you an anxiety and a level of stress that you probably shouldn't have. So I think that when you feel like you have to make certain things happen or, or, or people leave with a certain feeling about an event or a program or a service, that you just trust in God's sovereign guidance and his loving care for your church and for you. I think this goes back to the, the encouraging truth that we started with in Acts chapter 20. I commend you to God and the word of his grace who's able to build up. So, so is God's word present? Is God at work through the message of grace? Trust in that. Is God taking care of your church? Is he going to um, produce fruit from those various ministries, those programs, those messages, um, that music, those conversations that you have? He certainly can, and he will. So you can trust him for that. You don't have to feel anxious and feel responsibility that is not your own and bear a pressure that should not be on you. Yes, minister the word and care for the people and lead and oversee the church, but but don't feel like you are the one that has to cause everything to be successful or to produce certain results. Trust in God's guidance and his 
loving care for your church and for you. And I think that includes even times when you are away. And that leads me to the third way that a pastor can survive December stress. And that is give people a break. And that includes yourself. You know, we, we, we feel, again, that level of responsibility. And um, if you're planning to take a trip with your family to go visit your extended family or possibly your in-laws, you can kind of have that sense of anxiety again that, oh, if I go away, uh, the church is going to fall apart. Um, the services and the message is not going to be what it would be if I were there. And even other people, the people in your church, need space and time for family and for travel and for downtime. So I understand the feeling of responsibility and anxiety, but just think of this as a time to give people a break and to give yourself a break as well. You know, maybe you don't have to have a full schedule on all the Sundays and maybe the midweek gatherings you normally have during that time right around the holidays, before and during and after the week of Christmas and New Year's. Maybe back off a little bit on that schedule and, again, allow time and space for everybody and for yourself to be with family and to just enjoy those downtimes. So I don't have a lot of specifics to give you there. You've got to decide that for yourself and your church, but just think, wow, give, give people a break during this time, and that includes yourself and allow that space and that time to be with family, to travel, to have the downtime. I know a couple of things that I did in the church where I pastored. One was that the the staff of the church took the whole week off between Christmas and New Year's. There was no expectation. There were no office hours. Office was closed. The, The people in the church knew that. Now, of course, we were available for emergency, but we just took that as a downtime, and, and everybody knew that that was a time when we were going to be um, just doing things with family, doing things at home. And another way that we observed this was to uh, not have Sunday school on sometimes both weekends, but at least one of the weekends before or after Christmas or New Year's. And again, that allows teachers space to travel, be with family, not have to prepare for the next Sunday. And it, uh, it also makes it so they're not scrambling, looking for a substitute if they have to go someplace. And so just give them a break uh, during that time. I think those are a couple of ways of doing that. All right, so how do you survive December stress as a pastor? Remember your responsibilities. Trust in God, sovereign guidance, and loving care. Give people a break, including yourself. And then here's number four. Let a young guy preach. You know, if you have a, a special service, maybe for New Year's, or maybe there's a, a gathering of the church that is normally, you know, just sort of a, an in-between time, ha- have somebody that's maybe in your ministry who is preparing for ministry, possibly a college student who is home during Christmas vacation, to prepare and to give a Bible study or a devotional challenge or maybe a full sermon on one of those days, at one of those those scheduled gatherings of the church. In fact, I have um, talked with the guys who I teach here at Faith Baptist Bible College in our pastoral studies program to be ready. I said, hey, when you go home, be ready. Your pastor might ask you to speak or, or to preach in a service. And so those sermons you've been working on in homiletics class, take those home with you. Don't leave them in your dorm room and wish you had them with you, or make sure they're on your computer so that you have access to them. And this is a great um, opportunity for 
a young guy who's preparing for ministry. It helps him, and it also helps you because you can take that break. You don't have to prepare. You can sit back and, and listen and enjoy and be blessed by the ministry of somebody else, and it's really good for the church. I find that, that church members are very encouraged when they see someone in their ministry who is, is interested in ministry, maybe senses that God is leading him into ministry and has an opportunity to exercise those gifts, and it gives the people in your church the opportunity to affirm those gifts and say to that young man, wow, thank you, you really ministered to me. That message, God used that message in my life. Thank you for that, and what an encouragement that is to him. So let a young guy preach. Then here's the last way to survive uh, December stress as a pastor. Read a good book. That might be pleasure reading. Maybe you have some favorite genre of, of uh, books and literature that you enjoy. Uh, maybe it's something encouraging to you as a pastor. Maybe it is something that's helpful in, in your church ministry. It just could be a biography, either of some Christian or of just anybody. I find I, I benefit a lot from reading biographies, not only of, of believers, yes, those are very helpful, but also just of prominent people in society, whether that's in the past or in the present in our culture today. So just find a good book. Get it on your Kindle or uh, pull it off of your shelf, maybe one you've read before, maybe one you've been meaning to read, or pull, look it up and order it. There are lots of you know, best books of 2019 lists out there right now. And so that's a great way to uh, just be encouraged and refreshed during these holidays. And you can sit yourself down in that comfortable chair with a cup of coffee or tea or whatever you enjoy, maybe beside a crackling fireplace, and just indulge in in a few hours of uh, just personal reading, and you'll be blessed by that. Now, with that in mind, I have a book I'd like to share with you and encourage you to get and read. It's called The Thriving Church. Now, this is actually a book that I have written and has been published just in the last few weeks here by Journey Forth Press. And when I was pastoring, I spent a lot of time in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And I found that as I've looked back over my pastoral ministry, whenever I was, I was thinking about what the purpose of the church is and what, what kind of plans we should be making and how do we gauge our progress as a church, I always landed in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. And I preached numerous sermons and series from that passage, and the principles from that text really became uh, the, the guide that I went to often to help me in leading the church and shepherding the church and making plans for our church. And so when I stepped away from pastoring and now have some blocks of time available uh, as a professor in the summers and so on, I began putting those principles into a manuscript, and they've now been published by Journey Forth Press. And the title is The Thriving Church, The True Measure of Growth. And what I do in there is, is walk through that text, Ephesians 4, 1 through 16, and point out what the key elements are that actually cause growth in the church. What causes growth? Some of them come from God's involvement in the life of the church, but some of them actually, as pastors and as church members, we can contribute to the life of the church as well. 
I also talk about what true growth is. How do we measure growth? Is it the numbers on the back of the bulletin or is it something else? And it may include numerical increase, but there's something much more essential, much more fundamental, and I would even say much more crucial than just numerical growth. And I talk about what that is in the book. So I encourage you to check out The Thriving Church. It is available at Journey Forth Press, and then also it can be ordered through the Faith Baptist Bible College bookstore. You can do a search for that online. In fact, there's a discount right now through the end of December. And it's on Amazon and ChristianBooks.com in Kindle version right now, and hopefully soon they'll have it on there in a hard copy as well. So just want to put that out there for you, The Thriving Church, The True Measure of Growth. encourage you to get a hold of that. Maybe that's the book that you'll read over Christmas or maybe something else. But I want to make you aware of that resource. You can also actually go to my website, deanhtaylor.com, and uh, the first um, the first entry you'll come to there is about the Thriving Church. There's some other ones on there as well that you can search for and some links as well that take you right to the Thriving Church, the true measure of growth. Now, this is going to be my final podcast for 2019, and I look forward to connecting with you in 2020, and I plan to stay with my schedule of publishing about two episodes of Shepherdology a month. And I already have a list of topics and ideas, and I'm going to do some more interviews. I'm looking forward to that. And so we'll reconnect again in 2020, and I look forward to having those times with you. So as we wrap up here today, I do want to pray for you. December can be a stressful time, and I want to pray for God's grace and and His strength for you as you go through these next few weeks. So wherever you are, if you can just calm your mind and quiet your heart and join me as I uphold you in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for my pastor friends who listen to Shepherdology. And Lord, as this may be a time of extra responsibility and, and multiplied events and activities, and even sometimes within the home or, or the family of a pastor, there are, there are points of stress and pressure and maybe grief. And so I pray right now for my pastor friends, and I ask that you would enable my friend who's listening to me right now, through the word of grace, your message of grace is able to build up. And I pray that each of my pastor friends would be built up in grace and also rely on the clear message of grace. So whatever setting he's in, whether that's just personal reflection and meditation or times of anxiety and stress, or whether he is in a public setting of of preaching, teaching, leading, shepherding, counseling, encouraging his people, Lord, I pray that, that he would rely on the message of grace. I entrust them to the word of your grace. I pray they would entrust themselves and entrust their ministries to the word of your grace as well. Give them strength, give them endurance. Lord, also I pray you'd give them some good family times and good just down times and times to rest and have some fun and be refreshed over the weeks ahead and help them to enter the year 2020 with a fresh supply of your grace, your wisdom, and your strength for the ministry that's ahead of them. 
And I thank you that you can and you will do these things because we ask them in Jesus' name and according to your will and by your authority and ultimately for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. My pastor friend, it's been good to spend this time with you. I wish you a very, very blessed Christmas. May you be able to enjoy the blessings of this season as well as share them with others. And I look forward to connecting with you again in 2020, and we will talk shepherdology. Mm-hmm.